here it is, another episode of the Infinite Banter Podcast. What is good? I am Mark Jollof. Thank you for checking out the show. Got my guy M. Dot Waysom on the show today. We're going to talk about his new album, View from My Balcony. Before we get started, in the words of Karis One, who just did a great versus against Big Daddy Kane, here are the words from our sponsor. Since 1988, Stamps.com has been an indispensable tool for nearly 1 million businesses. Stamps.com brings the services of the U.S. Postal Service and UPS shipping right to your computer. Whether you're an office, sending invoices, a side hustle Etsy shop, or a full-blown warehouse shipping out orders, Stamps.com will make your life easier. All you need is a computer and standard printer. No special supplies or equipment. Within minutes, you're up and running printing official post for any letter, any package, anywhere you want to send. And you'll get exclusive discounts on postage and shipping from USPS and UPS. Once your mail is ready, just schedule a pickup or drop it off. No traffic, no lines. Cut the confusion out of shipping with Stamps.com's new Rate Advisor tool. You can compare shipping rates and timelines to easily find the best option. Save time and money with Stamps.com. There's no risk. And with my promo code POD, P-O-D, you get a special offer that includes a four-week trial plus free postage and a digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. Just go to Stamps.com. Click on the microphone at the top of the homepage and type in pod that's stamps.com promo code pod stamps.com never to go to the post office again this is the infinite banter podcast i am mark jolliffe aka dj soundwave thanks for checking out the show big shout out to my last guest anaji jordan we talked about his new ep the alpha in the room make sure you go check it out at anajijordanbeats.com and if you did not hear that episode as, as always as i tell you every episode i tell you about the last one go back and check it out you'll hear a couple songs from that EP and you'll also hear me talk about Bloodsport the movie I've been trying to see for like a month and a half and finally got around to watching it got a lot of good feedback about my thoughts on that one <laughs> today's show going back to Miami been there a couple times this year going to go visit with M. Waysom talk about his new album View from My Balcony, really cool album. He's got some great instrumental tracks on here and tracks of different artists like Scorsese, Cassius King, Cool Kid Cannon. So really, really cool album. We're going to play a couple tracks from it, talk to him about the album. And we talk about serial and Saturday cartoons and NFL teams, a lot of, a lot of cool stuff. So it was really fun talking with him and uh, look, definitely look forward to bringing it to you guys. So definitely stay tuned for that. Did get to go to my first comic book convention in almost, not quite two years, but pretty close. Uh, Wizard World was this past weekend in the Chicago area. It was uh, it's, it was kind of surreal, man, because it's been so long. The last time I've been to one of these was C2E2, which was in uh, February of 2020, the last weekend before March 1st. And uh, it was crazy because like a couple weeks later, shit hit the fan and we were no longer, you know, in a regular state because COVID had hit hard. So haven't been to a convention since it's definitely different was not the usual crowd it i was used to seeing it was a lot smaller than before but uh, it was just cool to be back in the effect of a convention again seeing people dressed up everybody had to wear masks so everybody's costume had to have a mask coordinate with it no i do not wear a costume i'm not that dude <laughs> but uh, it was fun man it was just uh cool seeing stuff there was some gi joe stuff i took pictures with and just a lot, of, a lot of cool stuff. I'm just glad that it's back, and hopefully uh, we can get this thing under wraps so we could start to have these things again and start to get 
as close to being somewhat normal as possible. So salute to Words of World. I appreciate them always uh, giving me a chance to come out there. And uh, they, they always throw a great event. They even had William Shatner there, who, who was just in space like three or four days ago. And he came back down just to go to Rosemont. I mean, salute to Captain Kirk. I mean, he's like, he's like oh, I got to get back to Rosemont, guys. Land this ship. I got to go um, take pictures with people and sign autographs. I don't have time to be up here in space. So uh, salute to Captain Kirk for doing that. That's, that was pretty cool. He had, he had a pretty long line there. So thanks to Jerry and everybody at Wizard World. Really great. If you guys ever get a chance to see any conventions in your town, definitely go check them out and wear a mask and get some sanitizer, you know, because we're, we're not there yet. So you, you can't do it like the old days. All right, let's get into it. Let's talk to M. Waysome about his new album, View From My Balcony, play a couple tracks from it. Uh, later on in the episode, I'll talk a little bit about the Karis one versus Big Daddy Kane versus. I want to leave that for the end because I have more thoughts on that, and I want to hurry up and get to M. stuff here. This is the Infinite Banter Podcast. Follow it on all social media at Infinite Banter Podcast, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Listen on all streaming platforms. Rate and review the show on Podchaser and Apple Podcasts. And you can find the show on YouTube. There's like clips on there, like about a minute long that you'll see. Give you a little bit of a taste of what you want to hear and hopefully entice you to go to the main site and listen to the whole episode. All right, let's get into it. Without further ado, let's talk to M. Waysom about his new album, View From My Balcony. But before we do that, the words of DMC is what starts the show, and it never begins until he says this. So, all right, DMC, get ready. Tell them what they're listening to. Yo, yo, what's up? This is me, DMC, the K-I-N-G, the greatest MC in history. And right now, you're listening to Infinite Banter, because we will banter on forever, because this is the only place for all of y'all to ever be. I.B. Infinite Banter. All right, before we talk to M. Waysom, let's go ahead and play a track from his new album, View From My Balcony. I just got to talk about the comic book convention, so why not pick a song that has a comic book angle to it? This is called Thor's Hammer with Cassius King, and uh, we talk about this in the interview, and he says R2-D2 like in the first few words of the verse, so like, you know, as a Star Wars geek, you got me. Like, I'm already there, man. <laughs> so I'm definitely, definitely hyped to play this for you guys. So here we go off of M. Waysom's new album, View From My Balcony. This is Cassius King. Thor's Hammer on the Infinite Banter podcast on the other side of this song. We'll talk to the man himself about his album and everything else. So here we go. Thor's Hammer on the Infinite Banter podcast. Okay. Let's go. Look, this hand piece the other one wore. Bet you can't lift the hammer of the god Thor. I bet you can't do it. Oh. Check it. Stovetop washing machine. I spit it clean and hot like R2D2 watching T2 3D. Robots watching machines on our iPhone screen. Robot breaking the green down. I twist the lynching. Smoking hangings. Hanging in the fifth dimension. Old broke ass ninja with a plate of fixings. Old low gas engine with the date and spinning. The clock shoot fire in the midst of the pigs. Rips and move riders. I slide through high two. Smoking that reefer. Kill the breath. Kill the death. Like I'm choking that reaper. Give a F about an A grade. I was blowing Doty in the eighth grade. Blowing the ether out of soul and bones with the frozen stones. These are creations that the day made. Poet while I'm pouring this drink. Spitting fluid while I'm smoking this dank. Running jewels like I broke in this safe. You ain't safe in that body armor. Karma come to get you. You was chosen by fate. Dropping rocks, smoking pot, pot holes in my brain. Stains all on my rain. The drop's dirty. The cops dirty. The black 
black lord jammers Say you worthy, you ain't really worthy, my Nia Can you lift Thor's hammer? Didn't think so This land quicksand, so I sink slow This hand hold peace, the other one war Bet you can't lift the hammer of the god Thor I bet you can't do it, look Days I find victory, the devil lost Retrieve the rose from the road, pick the petals off This kinda hard, turn the devil god This kinda hard, turn the metal soft Can't keep up, it can't keep it up The doc said rest, you don't sleep enough Sleep is a cousin of death And a niece of the stress Told the doctor I'ma sleep when I'm dead And find peace when my breathing done Pick a god, any god, believe in one I pick cash us, I believe I'm one You are too, you are the dark moon This is real life, not a cartoon The spear doesn't fit Fear any harpoons. I watched the somersault do a cartwheel to the first half fell off the part two. She asked, Are you sure? Said I'm 30. 420 when it sparked with my brain 730. Look, look, the drop's dirty. The cops dirty. The black lords jammers. Say you worthy. You ain't really worthy, my ninja. Can you lift Thor's hammer? Didn't think so. This land quicksand, so I sink slow. This hand hold peace, the other one war. Bet you can't lift the hammer of the god Thor. I bet you can't do it. Check it. Recognize your humanity. I'll never view you the way they see me. In the wilderness of Northern America, the black man and woman is endangered species. The black titans bump us. The black lords jam us. Can you lift Thor's hammer? Can you carry cap shield? Is the power that you will for the righteous? Have you paid all the dues and the prices? Are you official? For all oppressed people from the states to Darfur. Can you lift the hammer of the God Thor? No. Will you lift the hammer of the God Thor? This is devil versus God wars. This is light versus dark wars. What we hunger, what we starve for. Can you lift the hammer of the God Thor? I dare you to do it, my ninja. I dare you to do it, my sister. What's going on? It's Mighty Healthy, aka the grimiest nobody. You're rocking with Infinite Banter with DJ Soundwave. You're tuned into the Infinite Banter podcast. I am DJ Soundwave, and right now I'm joined by a hip hop producer with a new project out right now. View from my balcony. I look out at my balcony, and it's like rainy and crappy out. So I don't know if this is better than mine. It's got to be because he's got an album about it. Welcome to the show, repping Miami. The one and only M. Dot Waysom is on the Infinite Banter podcast. What's up, man? What's good, man? What's good, DJ Soundwave? Thank you for having me on here. Much appreciated, man. I'm real excited to be on it. Yeah, man, I appreciate it, man. No doubt. And uh, I like the this the title, View from My Balcony. I mean, like I just said, I have a balcony here. And it's pretty cool because sometimes I look out there and I'll see the moon. I'll see the stars and stuff. And I'm on the seventh floor. So I could see, I feel like Bishop on the top of the building. I can see everything around. You know, but uh, talk about th- this album, man, and the the concept. I mean, I, I'm a science fiction head too, so I really dig the, the the cover art and everything. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, so the the actual the title of "View from a Balcony" is, um, is is a metaphor where it's not necessarily like you know you're sitting at the top floor, like on, on the ivy tower or whatever, you know, the building. You know, the "View from a Balcony" is a metaphor for you know, kind of looking at things from, from my perspective, from, so the, the top floor is my brain, gotcha. in my head. Oh, okay. Uh, and the balcony is my eyes. So it's basically, I want you to see things from, from my perspective musically. And, and that's where I got the, the, the title from, from my balcony. And basically just wanted you to see the world from, from how I view it, um, from a musical perspective. 
And the way the the project was supposed to come about was it was supposed to originally was supposed to be an instrumental project. And similar to my two previous projects that I put out, for me, I'm a big fan of um, albums that, that have themes to it. You know, so um, some of my favorite albums, whether it's it's from a sonic perspective, you know, where the the, the album has a theme, or it's almost like if you put in, like you know you put on a an album. And it seems like you're, you're, you're watching a movie, you know, that type of perspective. And I wanted to have that same type of thing to it where, you know, as soon as you start listening to the, you know, to the project, you kind of like, you close your eyes and you're kind of like on a journey and you're going on a journey with, uh, with me, you know, even with the, come starting in the intros, I'll basically just close your eyes and just, you know, and just get ready because, um, you know, from a musical perspective, it's, you know, it's different. And then, like I said, it was supposed to be an instrumental joint, but what I started doing was um, reaching out to. So you know, on Spotify, what I was doing before, I haven't done this in a while, but this is how I actually started uh, developing relationships with other artists. Is you know on Spotify they have these um, the discovery playlists. Oh yeah, right. Have you seen that? Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. So yeah, yeah. So every so every week you get a, a list of thirty. Forever there's some music you listen to, you get a list of thirty tracks that you know they suggest that maybe hey you know you never heard of these artists before or whatnot. So there's a few times yeah that I listen to the to the playlist and I. And, you know, suggested an artist I haven't heard before, and you know that they were pretty dope. And then what I would just do is just look them up on Instagram and reach out to them, and then uh, say, "Hey, what's up?" And you know, and I, I just came across a track, and I think you're dope. And that's how I came across Cassius, Cool Kid, Cannon's another dude. Like, and I know I sent him some of my music, and yeah, and that's it, it. Literally, just started like that. So. That's pretty cool, um, man, to, to do that. Like, yeah. Because I, I've been on Spotify and, you know, for example, my guy Rock Abraham told me to listen to a song of his and I had to listen to like a bunch of other songs before it finally got to the song because that's how Spotify mm-hmm. kind of does it and makes you listen to other people. But it's kind of cool yeah. that it does that because it's introducing me to artists that I wouldn't know on my own. So that And you're taking it a step further. You're not just listening to him. You're like, man, I'm feeling this cat. Let me figure out what he's up to and reach out. So that's even, man, that's pretty cool. I never yeah, thought of it that way. It's a little, yeah, it's a little hack. And I mean, I've um, suggested it to, to, to other producers too. It's just like, you know, I mean, you're listening, if you listen to music and you listen to Spotify, everybody gets that, that discovery list every week. And I mean, at the end of the day, it doesn't hurt to reach out to these guys, right? So, you know, and, and thankfully, I was able to, to, you know, forge some some pretty good relationships, you know, just by doing that. And then, and also as a producer too, kind of, you know, going to networking events and kind of getting out of your, out of your shell that we're most produced. I mean, for me personally, I'm, I'm used to being, you know, cooped up here in the studio or my, my place, you know, making, making beats and whatnot. So with the, with the project itself, yeah, it was supposed to be an instrumental project, but then I just started reaching out to artists and the songs that were supposed to be instrumental. I was like, yo, man, let me jump on it. And it turned into like a compilation project over time. And this album was like two years in the making, you know, it's just like, you know, when I, when you think you're done with, done it and everything is done, like you have this new idea and whatnot. And, yeah, and just and just working with all the different artists and kind of tweaking things here and there. It, I'm, I think out of this project, I'm I'm the most proud of it from a musical perspective, and and I always feel like I can always go back to this. I I know I can go back to this five years from now and be like, yeah, this was a really really dope project and dope 
and it was a good, it was properly executed in my, like where I, you know, yeah, I don't know if I'm explaining it. Really no, nah, man, I'm feeling it, man. Yeah. I'm letting you, I'm just letting you go because I'm thinking about everything you're saying. Like, you know, it took a little bit of time to make it. It's to me, it's not about how quick a lot of artists put stuff out, you know, really fast. It's just like, I, I got to cook it and put it out and, you know, let it, let it simmer, man. Let it, let it work and see what comes up with. It. And like you said, it's a concept in a way. So the idea is it's, it's not just, you know, track, 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 you know, song, song, song. You're, you're trying to make like a cohesive project. And I was going to say like the, when you're reaching out to these artists, I mean, what was the feedback? Like, were they all pretty receptive to, to hearing what you have? Cause you know, I'm sure even you probably on D you get DMS on Instagram, like, Oh, hear my beats or, you know, that, 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 but it's different when you actually came to them like, yeah, I heard this song on Spotify and you know, I, I was digging this track you did. So it's almost like you're coming with something as opposed to just somebody shopping beats or something. Yeah, I would I would literally like share the song that I heard. Like I was like, you know, I heard you on this song and you know, I'll just I'll just be our front. I'm like, yeah, I haven't heard you before and, and what it, what it also want wanted me to do is actually look up more of their music. So I'll be like, Yeah, I heard you on this song on my Spotify Discovery and then I'll be like, Yeah, and I listened to this project, I listened to this project, yeah, man. And that's how it forged with Cash um yeah, with Cassius and, and some of the other artists on there. And with Griffin Scorsese I actually was fortunate enough to 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 link up with them on um it's basically it's it's kind of like with them it was with Ilmine on uh, the Paso Ox event and with those events Ilmine um sets up these discord groups and that's why I I, I linked up with, with Griffin Scorsese and with regards to like uh Cookie Cannon, yeah, it was just uh, reaching out to him and listen, again listening to the music and just being and just being open with them and saying, yeah, you know, like I really feel your music and um and I would just send him send him tracks. I would uh, I was I would send him you know a few tracks here and there and the ones that I was planning on having on this particular project they would be like yeah I'm down I'm down for it yeah I like this one I like this one and then I'm like all right cool so and it happened so many times that I was just like you know what rather than try and put this out as a instrumental project let me let me kind of do it like a mix like a compilation where it's, you know some of the instrumentals I'll put on there some of them I'll um, you know some of them will be full full tracks and uh, I, I, like you said I wanted it to be cohesive too i wanted it right. to, to flow well yeah and that's that's the cool thing about it, is that the instrumentals and the tracks they all work together and uh i really like that one you just you just talked about cool kid cannon i'll just set it off with this one i mean that that's the first song you sent me and as soon as i heard it i'm like damn this is like some powerful powerful message here and just talk about that one. You got like that reggae vibe with the hook and he's just bringing that raw emotion with and everything's going on in the last few years. And then some, uh, just talk about that track and hooking up with cool kid Cannon to do that song murderer. Yeah, that's, yeah, that was a banger, man. So the, the concept of murderer, um, for the title is when you look at the title murderer, especially in hip hop, like the, the, the misperception is thinking of like, uh, the hip hop artist or a young black man being a murderer. But we flipped it where it is, especially in a time of police brutality, where the cops who were shooting on um, black men and women are the murderers. Those are the murderers, and they're the ones that need to be held accountable. And so what the song is saying is, is like, you know, you guys are the murderers. You guys need to be held accountable. And if you're not going to be held accountable, then, you know, there's, there's, there's consequences to it. So we're just making the beat itself and, and going cool kid and telling the whole concept. And yeah, man, like he was, like, he was feeling it. And, and 
he, I, yeah, he executed like he brought the energy, exact energy that needed to be on the track, right? And that and that anger too, because you know, yeah, that's that's yeah, that's the type of beat, the type of concept like needs that type of energy. Yeah, a track like that is a wide range of emotions. You know, when you hear the stuff at the beginning with the George Floyd stuff, and then when he comes in, you know, it's just like as a listener, I'm just like, it's like I'm reliving all that again, like seeing the video and here and just like all that stuff, and just like man. I feel cool kid on this one a lot. And yeah, you, you definitely killed it with the track. It's just a great track, man. And people listening, we're going to hear that song in here too, but yeah, just a, just a straight banger, man. And we need that message, man. It's, I, I tell people all the time to come on here to have songs like this. It's like, um, these songs are timeless in a way, because I know a lot of this is going on now, but I mean, this song could have been played 10, 15, 20 years ago. Unfortunately, probably could be played 20 years from now. And I hate to say it might still be relevant in, in that regard. I mean, but, we need songs like this. This is what gets me excited about hip hop music in general. These, you know, these positive messages are just letting us know what's going on. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's interesting you said that. Like, you know, you hope 15, 20 years from now right. that something like this isn't relevant, but chances are it's still going to. Yeah, be I think so. of like Public Enemy, X Clan. You know, think of any song that's come out in the last, you know, 40 years, you know, about this kind of stuff. Yeah. It's just, they're still relevant. And then, you know, of course, the more current stuff is just taking it to a next level this song is definitely an important record that definitely everybody needs to hear again and again <laughs> without a doubt but that reggae yeah. hook really i like how that fits in there too kind of brings that emotion to it because there's nothing like a reggae you know what i mean like a, a reggae hook kind of bring it all together yeah that the, the hook the hook kind of like you know it it just yeah for that particular track i think you know it's funny when people first hear it you know you get the intro and the, the bass line comes in and the drums and then cool kid comes in and it's just like all right yeah this is this is what's up and you know as the beats comes to pick up and when the reggae hook comes in you know it's just like all right like that's that that thing it kind of comes full circle and brings everything together yeah it's not something you normally hear nowadays no not so much and that's what i really liked about it's it like oh man was that something i heard like a reggae hook on a hip-hop track like it's been a while i mean i can't even think of it it's been that long that i, I mean maybe there's something that i'm not listening to because i'm an old head i don't listen to a lot of the you know i'm doing i'm doing enough finger quotes the new stuff you know as far as like <laughs> what the youngsters are listening to like i don't know maybe there's some shaba ranks of 2021 that i don't know about that's doing hooks for young gas yeah. or whatever their names are so that's cool like whatever gas pump whatever that dude's name is so <laughs> why am i hating why am i hating it's because it's, it's late <laughs> no i mean it's the same i'm the same way like, I, don't, I don't i don't know any the thing is yeah like i don't know any you know reggae heads that that are, that are doing hooks like maybe we're just maybe we're not right here it's not coming across our radar but yeah i don't see that and i think it's just 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 do a cross genre type of type of music especially with hip-hop i think is um yeah like it's timeless you know it should happen more often without a doubt man and you brought up Cassius king another artist you found on spotify and that track thor's hammer first of all i'm a comic book nerd so to sing the title without even pressing play i already knew i was going to be in for something and uh yeah he, he brings it man there's an r2d2 reference in there oh man just a, just a banger man talk about that record and working with Cassius king that's the crazy thing man we're both nerds we're both yeah man like you see like, like, <laughs> there it is i, I mean yeah he's, he's he's cool you know what the funny thing is is that you know We've developed a, a real dope, you know, relationship. Like we haven't met. He's out in LA. I'm here in Miami, and um, you know, he was one of the first cats that I reached out to, and, and 
he's just like just just a real cool dude and we have the same interests you know um both really big into x-men um big into comics and he he um he's he makes a lot of uh like like comic book um references and whatnot in his music yeah with Thor, with, with those hammer how that came about i mean that was that was his concept he heard the beat and and he just basically, you know, like lyrically, the dude is the dude is crazy. So he just killed it on Thor's hammer, and, and basically, you know, when when you make a beat and you send it to an artist and you have a concept, and even if you don't have a concept, you just give it to them. Like when he when he sent it back, it was like I don't think I could have, you know, explained it how I wanted it to be, how I figured it to be to be even better than like than how he did it. So yeah, he definitely um, knocked it out, man. With Thor's hammer, he 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 picked it up and and did his thing and. Yeah, I mean, be, like I said, being a comic nerd, the comic book convention's coming up here in the Chicago area, so I'll be banging this track a few times to get in the mood to go hang out with a bunch of cosplaying nerds or something. So, yeah, salute. Yeah. <laughs> so, so they got, they got a comic, is it Comic-Con in Chicago? Yeah, it's called Wizard World. It, this is the first, so I went, I, I go, I've been going to them since like 2004, but the last time I went to one, it's one called C2E2. Uh, that one was the end of February of 2020. So like three weeks before shit hit the fan, before all the COVID stuff was really, you know, to a point where you couldn't really do anything. And yeah. they haven't really had any. There's been some small stuff here and there, but I haven't been to any of those. So this one, I'm like, all right, I think we, we could do it. We're vaccinated. Uh, you know, I'm ready to go. I'm, I'll, I'll do it. You know, we'll put on the mask the whole time, try to work it in something cool, like a Star Wars mask or something. And we'll see, you know, see how it goes, you know. Uh, it's kind of like a test, you know, because I mean, they're trying to trying to make everything back to normal again. It's it's going to be hard. I don't know when we're going to get back to normal, but it's kind of like the first step to sort of doing something like that. Yeah, I mean, it's the same thing here. I mean, Miami is, I guess, is as close to normal as, as any other state where nothing really, I mean, things shut down for a little while, but pretty much, you know, everything right. went back over pretty over pretty quickly but yeah they have a comic con down here in south beach that i've been to a few times and i actually gotta look it up to find out when the next one is yeah i've actually never been to comic con in san diego that's That's the one i've never been to of course that's the that's the mecca right there yeah yeah I can't even imagine what that's like. I mean, it's it's got to be crazy. Yeah, I mean that's that's like that. Yeah, that's that's a, that's a bucket list type of thing. A Comic Con in, in San Diego. Now, I've been, been to San Diego, and I remember when I was there, it wasn't during Comic Con, but I saw the building they have it in, and I was just like looking at it, like, man, this whole thing is full of nerds in a couple of weeks or whatever. I can't remember the timeline when I was there, but yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. But the thing is, is like, yeah, like you feel like you're in your. Uh, you're in your own, uh, like, kind of like you're in your environment, you know, like, you know, um, I'm not a fan yeah, I'm as far as when it comes to, like, you know, comic books, uh, video games to cartoons, yeah, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm narrative when it comes to that, you know, I'm not as, uh, astute as, you know, some other, you know, other comic book aficionados, but, you know, this is what I, the type of things I grew up on. 15, 20 years ago, or even longer than that, it would be considered taboo. And people are like, man, you went to these funny Yeah, things right? Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I am, right? Yeah, so, <laughs> so, um, it's amazing but, what um, some uh, blockbuster movies can do for the perception on being a person who reads comic books or watches cartoons, you know, or plays video games all day. Now, all the movies are based on all these things. 
Yeah, basically, I finally just signed up for Disney Plus and only got Disney Plus just just for all the Marvel content. And I was holding out for a while, and I literally just got Disney. Like I'm, I'm not anywhere. I mean, I'll probably watch Mandalorian too. Because then, uh, yeah, I would tell you to do that. <laughs> I love that yeah. damn show. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, basically, I'm only gonna be watching it for Mandalorian and then all the Marvel content. But uh, yeah, you're right. Like, you know, they. Disney's basically, uh, you know, um, making bank off of all that. But where, like you said, 20, 30 years ago, that that you know, you weren't seeing that. Maybe maybe on a few a few of them, but uh, now they're now they're capitalizing on every single Marvel character. They're trying to find dig up all the Marvel characters that haven't been. Uh, oh man, I'm so. I'm excited about Moon Knight because I've been a Moon Knight fan since like man, like the 80s. So I'm like mad yeah. excited that he's got a series coming out, and yeah, they're gonna sooner or later they're gonna run out of characters. I'm, I'm waiting for that Stingray <laughs> series to come out, or I'm trying to think of some like really, you know, yeah, some man, yeah, right. Series of, well, what's that? What, what's the character in the X Men cartoons? Mork. Oh God. Yeah, yeah. I used to love that. I used to love uh, that character Mork, but I mean, it's kind of basically the same as Mystique. Right, but he was kind of like a jokester type of type of dude. But um, but yeah, like you, you see random random uh, random characters that you know, like uh, like even Bishop. I don't think doing something with. Uh, well, he was in um, what was the more the future with what's that? I always get the title for that one. The future class? Yeah, wasn't he in he that was, one? Wasn't, wasn't he one of the I, ones that's in the future that's trying to stop the Sentinels from destroying everything, and then. You know, they send back Wolverine. I, I thought he was the guy with the big gun in that one, but I could be right. It's been a while since I've seen it. Yeah, it's been a while, yeah. It may, it may have been on some, uh, like, he wasn't in it as much as I think we wanted him to be in it because his storyline is really dope. So. Yeah, I mean, in that cartoon, we could we could talk about that a little bit too. I mean, you had that album, uh, Saturday Morning Cereal Bowl, and I know for me, in the 90s, I mean, I was in high school when X-Men cartoon came out, but I was still like at that age where I still cared about cartoons, but it was only the cool stuff like X-Men, and later on Fox had like Batman and Spider-Man cartoons, but yeah, that X-Men cartoon, that theme song, which you flipped it, by the way, salute. Uh, <laughs> that's uh, that's an all-timer, man. When that movie came out, too, like that's the thing. When The cartoon was so successful that when the movie came out, it wasn't a hard transition. It wasn't like there was like, this long period of time between the cartoon and the movie. I want to say it's only a few years where, you know, if you try to make an X-Men movie now, if you never had those other movies, people have to be reintroduced to the characters, you know. So they were kind of, I guess I'm no longer I'm saying this, is like X-Men was kind of like the first movie that really set it all off. I guess you could say Blade. But to me, X Men's the one that like made it all possible. Like, okay, we could do this. We could put all these people in a in a movie and and make it look real, not cheese ball like some other stuff that's been made. Before X Men, DC was dominating in the in um, yeah, they were it you know, as far as movies. Yeah, Superman movies, the Batman movie. And that's, I mean, that's basically those are the two you know biggest superhero characters in the box office. And yeah, like you said, like um, I'm trying to know. Like they had an early, I know Spawn back in the early '90s. They had the HBO show, which was I, and then um, and then they had the movie too. Right. And like you said, like after the cartoon X Men, then they and then they did the uh, the movie. That's what kicked it all off, as far as from the Marvel character. And you're right. Like if they try to do another X Men movie now, like it's been so long since they did one, you pretty much you might have just have to reboot the whole storyline and just reintroduce the characters. Pretty much, cause, yeah. Because all all the um, you know when it comes to Marvel, you know, like, over the past 15 years, it's been dominated by 
by the Avengers and, and, the, and that side, that side of the Marvel characters. Yeah, I mean, I'm still waiting, and I don't know if they'll ever get around to it, Avengers vs. X-Men, because that was a big comic book, I don't maybe about 10 years ago, that was a big series, and I don't know if they'll ever get around to that, because I was always thinking maybe that's when they bring back I know there's a whole thing with Sony and you know and all that stuff, but I mean it, it would be cool if we could have everybody in the fold and have X Men and Avengers in the same movie. But that's wishful thinking. I'm sure it'll come together because it's all about money, and there's so much money to be made, so they'll do something eventually. But. Oh yeah, yeah, it's crazy. Like they're they're owned by the same. They're all owned, I believe, by Disney. But like you said, Sony and is it Universal or so, or something right. that? Like they, yeah, that's what like Universal owns the Avengers side and Sony owns the X-Men side and like, you know, and that's why like Spider-Man won't interact, like he's interacting with the Avengers, but he won't interact with X-Men. They're not in the same universe. But like you said, eventually you will have to, I mean, it, it only makes sense like, to, oh, yeah. to, to bring those two universes together, which would, you know, it, it, it'd be dope. I mean, could you imagine Captain America and Wolverine? Like, I mean, that just blows my mind if that would ever happen or you have Hulk, you know, with, you know, Colossus or something. Yeah, like, I'm, Colossus, I'm down for this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. man. Come on. Let's go. Yeah, <laughs> it's not... yeah, it's good. <laughs> it's like a petition or something. Man. man. But I switched albums on you a bit, and we were, I was talking about Saturday Morning Cereal Bowl. And for people listening, yeah. if you like cartoons, that's definitely the album to check out. Do you have favorite Saturday cartoons? I mean, I saw you did a post about GoBots, and I, I, I can't front, man. I used to watch GoBots, man. I know it was not as cool as Transformers, but I had a leader one. I had a scooter. I had turbo cycle. I had all those diecast toys back in the day. But I mean, Transformers is definitely the king. But yeah, salute to GoBots, man. <laughs> he yeah, man, I mean, the, all that. Yeah, this, yeah. So like, as a typical kid, yeah, you have the GI Joes, Transformer Bros. Like, there was, there was, yeah, all the Hasbro a stuff. A lot of cartoons. Yeah, the Hasbro and the GoBots. Yeah. I used, to, you know, I used to love the GoBots back in the day. And the thing about doing the project Saturday morning Super Bowl, not only was like from a nostalgic standpoint, like it just brought back memories, it was so much fun just, just doing research. Yeah. Just, just doing a bunch of research and watching all these old cartoons and kind of just, just being back in that world again. And um, Were you eating cereal and, when you were doing uh, the research? Uh, I, mean, I, I mean, I eat cereal all the time. That, that's still, <laughs> that, I mean, that's, that's, that's what I do. I literally, I'm not even lying. I had cereal for dinner today. Oh shit! So, what, what's uh, uh, what's a what's a dinner cereal? <laughs> I don't even know. It's whatever. <laughs> what was that? I had like a hundred bunches of those or something like that. Like, like I'm okay. getting older now, so I can't. I yeah. can't eat like the sugar pebbles or the corn pops or the sugary cereals and stuff like that. Yeah, but, man. I'm eating know, great I grains say, whenever I eat cereal. You know, it's got fiber and raisins and bananas yeah. in it or something yeah exactly yeah it's just like yeah but all that sugar you just switch it over to fiber and then uh as you get older but you know what you still don't get you, you don't i don't think i'll ever stop eating cereal so no you, um, you can't go wrong with it man i mean that, of course you know when you're a kid that that was part of the deal i mean i don't even think they have saturday cartoons anymore because there's there's 24 hour cartoon networks now anyway so you don't really need it i guess but yeah you mm-hmm. we get a bowl of captain crunch or Apple Jacks, what that was my joint was Apple Jacks, Cinnamon Toast Crunch, those are some of my favorites. Yeah, and you sit there and you watch whether it's X Men or, you know, name name a cartoon. I'm trying to think of some of my favorite cartoons back in the in the day, but you wake up at like six in the morning, it'd be like the you know, before the sun came yeah. up and you'd watch them and then like I used to do this. I mean I'd watch other cartoons and I'm trying to remember which one was first. Either Soul Train or Wrestling would be on. And one of and it was, um 
It was, I remember, yeah. So it'll be, it'll be the cartoons and then Soul Train and then afterwards it'll be, it'll be wrestling. Like, right. it, was, it was, it was kind of like, uh, it was like, um, uh, what you call it? I can't think of anything, but it was basically, yeah, like it was appointment TV. <laughs> right. Yeah. You would get up earlier. You would get up earlier on a Saturday to watch your cartoons and you would if you were getting up from school. You had no problem getting up from, from your Saturday morning cartoons. Right. But, you know, you know, you had to get dragged out of bed for school. Nah, dude. I mean, it was definitely like you're already waking up early every day anyway. So Saturday really wasn't that big a deal. So you would like, yeah, wake up and uh, I wouldn't go outside until wrestling was over. You know, or once I saw Run DMC on Soul Train or something like, okay, I'm going outside now. It's like noon. I'm ready to go. You know what I mean? So I miss those days, man. Those are those are fun times, dude. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, just, uh, yeah, like there's the message just doing the research and going back to those days, like, um, anywhere, whether it be from social, whether it be from wrestling, whether it be from cartoons, it's just like, you know, kind of going back in those days. It's a lot of fun doing, doing the research for that project. Now, I had to ask you, are you a fan of Jem? Because I saw on the cover, Jem <laughs> is on the TV. Were you down with Jem? Jem is, uh, well, not so my sister, would, right? Like, so, based on, so like. I'm not gonna say like I, I didn't like Jim. Like Jim was alright. Don't worry, I'll but, edit it out. It's okay. You can say you did. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> so like so on the on on that particular project, there's a, there's a kind of like a skit where um, it's the brother and sister fighting over the remote, and then the mother saying, "Hey, let your sister watch the TV." And then so the next tracks are based on Kerbers and Jim, and I forget there's another one where. Um, like those are those were the shows my sister got like would watch, and we would just watch it. Yeah, like uh, I mean, if she's watching Jim, and we were watching Saturday morning cartoons. I, you know, I'll just watch it with her. Like I'm just, what else I want to do? Right, you know, man. So yeah, I had two sisters, so they would watch She-Ra, and I watched He-Man. So like they were, I think they were on back to back. So it's, we didn't have to fight for the remote for those days. But yeah, Gem and the Holograms. I, I think I went outside when that show came on. <laughs> Yeah. But I know about it. I, I can't pretend I don't know what it is. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, all the usual suspects, the Smurfs, the, the like, yeah, I mean, we, we watched all of them at some point in our lives, you know, growing up. And like you said, like, I think after the Cartoon Network um, started, which is cool, like, when they, like, it's 24-hour cartoons, but as far as, like, the average... 10 to 12 year old i'm not i don't know what cartoons they're watching i know you know dragon ball z was another really popular one back in right. the day but i don't know what popular one is now yeah good question man i'm not sure i mean I'm they sure, they, yeah. they they watch tiktok and stuff they're not even watching tv i mean i have a two-year-old and she watches uh peppa pig that's her joint right now on nickelodeon nick jr i think it's actually yeah. called in the morning and yes. She'll watch Paw Patrol. So, like, these, I had never even heard of these shows until she came around. So, like, now I'm watching Paw Patrol and Peppa Pig and uh, Blippi, which is on YouTube. There's like, she watches a lot of YouTube stuff. I think, yeah, YouTube is the other, yeah, I think. That's what it is. So do you do you search for the stuff that you want her to watch on YouTube, or she finds it? You know what's crazy, YouTube? man? This uh, I'm going to be outing myself. I'm a bad parent because what we'll do is we'll give her the phone, and we'll set her up with something she watches, and she knows how to pull up the screen and slide it and and look for other videos and click them, and she like gets down the rabbit hole, kind of like how any of us would do. But yeah. she'd be watching. There's like I said, this guy named Blippy. 
and uh, Wendy and Emma's are joint and Ryan's toy review, like all this stuff. I'm like, what the heck is this? Yeah, she she knows how to do it. So I we we're sitting next to her, looking at her, and we're making sure she's not watching crazy stuff. But she knows how to do it. She know she knew how to do things I didn't know how to do. I didn't know you could you know skip like ten seconds on a YouTube video. I had no idea you could do that. And she's sitting there doing it. She's two and a half. Like get out of here. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. She's yeah. Eventually, she's gonna be like programming the TV for you. Like, she, what are, what are, how do I do this? She's going to be producing yeah. this show. She's going to be doing all the work on this thing. She's going to be editing. You're like, you know, Dad, you're not really doing yeah. it right. You you're sound better if you put this button down and do this. You know, yeah, you, you yeah. know, <laughs> you got to make him sound good when he comes on an inter- comes on your interview with you, man. So it's it's yeah. crazy, man. I I don't even know what it would have been like if I had a phone back then and been able to watch Transformers anytime I wanted to, as opposed to only in that thirty minutes after school. <laughs> yeah, exactly. If you missed it, you missed it. You know, like right. Yeah, it, that's just that was the TV. But the thing is, I also see like um, on Instagram where you see like um, young kids you know, messing with uh MP, NPC machines and just basically just musical instruments and whatnot. And I'm sitting here like, yo, like I wish like all this technology that they're getting used to from a musical standpoint using the software and whatnot. Like where are these kids gonna be in fifteen years? Like, it's, it's crazy. Just, I'm excited I'm actually excited to see it. Like yeah. at first I was like, oh man, I, I wish I was like that when I was together like oh like, you know, but I'm actually really excited to see where music goes from that standpoint where especially with hip-hop and in a specific genre of hip-hop too where, where it's going to go with with the advent of, well the advancement of technology and, and kids just basically soaking up not only just the music but just like the, the you know that creativity and how see how their creativity develops man that's a good point man and i was thinking too i was playing your album i mean obviously with a lot of instrumental tracks how do you work that technology into making because because there's a there's a track that has like a synthesizer feel to it tokyo dreams kind of gave me like this john carpenter vibe and you know how are you uh putting together the instrumental tracks i mean what's all the is the technology really the main thing you had to kind of learn that to, to make the music or you know how does that because i obviously i've never made music so i don't know how the technology as it advances it does make it easier you have to learn new things before you can make music and there's probably so many aspects to this that you probably can't even explain it in like a couple of words but yeah from from like sonically like i don't know like it's, it's basically kind of like the, the title of the the, the, the project before my balcony like it's just like what what i hear and what goes on my head and i'm like yo this sounds cool and just hoping that like the the, the listener kind of understands what you know or or, or or sees my vision from that um so from like tokyo dream it's just you have it's a mix of both where you have the the technology you have the sounds you have the, whether it's samples the sounds you manipulate the sounds any way you can you have that at your fingertips but it's also how you use that that those resources basically how you how to utilize those resources so i used to be uh the type of producer that like you know it's kind of like fomo where like if i see a plugin or uh, a new sound patch or or whatnot drum like a drum kit or whatnot i always wanted to get yo i need to get it i need to get it i need to get it and after a while you're like why like i got a whole bunch of stuff that i haven't even used yet you're like let me just utilize like what i have just drain all like all the sounds and all the resources that i have from it and then move on if i feel like i'm like my sound is getting tired so um but i felt like with this particular project, um, whether it be using samples or whether it be, you know, manipulating my own sounds, um, I try to keep it like at least um, 
I guess, I guess fresh sounded. It's interesting you mentioned Tokyo Dreams because that's one of the sounds that like, it's just out there. And I'm like, yo, I absolutely, like, it sounds like, uh, to me, it sounds like almost like a, like a, a mix between like a beautiful dream and a nightmare at the same time. Nice. You know, and you just, don't know like you 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 don't know what environment you're in i know i brought up uh griffin scorsese i've heard um a few of um your, your previous uh podcasts with that uh, people that that, that mentioned about scorsese and anybody that's you know the people that listen to this that have heard scorsese mentioned this should tell you about how good of a dude this guy is because right. he has he's one he was one of the cool dudes that when i found out of his past and griff and uh, i reached out to griff and Griff told me about like how much of a fan he was of, of my music and, and we were looking to work together more and ironically enough literally tomorrow morning i'm flying up to philly to go see family and it, yeah kind of it really messed me up when i found out that he that he passed because um he's such a good dude and just, just looking forward to work on him and um yeah man and just and, and griff too man griff griff is one he's he's another dude like he's griff is one of the easiest dudes to root for like he is he's just like just a genuinely when you listen to him and just message him just chatting with him or not like he's just like a like he he just portrays good energy and and that's why I look for when people is good energy but going back to the 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 track with the brain um, that's another type of track similar to Tokyo Dreams, where it's just different. Like it was just like when I did it and I made the brain, and I, it was just a remix. So they they this was off of their Dream Team album, and I did two remixes. One was the brain, and the other one was um, was uh, Gravy, which was the previous Swordfish joint that they did. So they were like, yo, they, they just reached out to all the producers, like, yo, we're, you know, we're doing a remix and um, here are the actual original tracks and here are the vocals. And I was loving Bobby Heat, Bobby Heat and Dreams, like just the whole feel of that track. But I was like, you know what? I, you know, you ever do a remix, you kind of want to kind of necessarily make it your own, but you want to make you kind of want it to stand out as a like away from the track that from its original. Yeah, that's always when you get a good remix, right? When that happens, when it's like a new song. Yeah, yeah, for yeah. sure. Yeah. So, um, when creating that track, it was just so many crazy sounds on it. You know, sounds like you know you're in the middle of a jungle and just a bass line and just crazy warped sounds. And as I was making the beat, I was like, normally, like, you make a melody and whatnot, and you throw drums on it. And I was like, you know what? I don't want to throw drums on this. Or maybe I'll throw, like, a little kick on it, but I don't want to snare on it. Right. Um, so when I sent it over to Griffin Scorsese, that was the first one I did. And it's kind of like you email it to them, and then you're just waiting to see what they think. And you kind of, I was, I'm not going to lie, I was nervous. I'm like, yo, I'm, maybe they're not going to email me back and, um, you know, be like, ah, nah, I'm not really feeling this one. But they were both like, yo, this track is crazy. And they featured it on their, on, um, on their remix, right? Uh, when they, when they did all the remixes and not, and, you know, I, I appreciate them for doing that. And I reached out to them again and said, hey, you know, I wanted to throw, you know, these two remixes on, on my project because sonically it, it fits. And uh, they were both like, yeah, definitely. And then uh, I actually threw um, 
Scorsese a couple more beats and he jumped on the shelves joint too. Yeah, that's another and heater on here, yeah. I like kind of doing different things. And uh, as you, you know, listen to the um to the the project, yeah, you know, um, I like different sounds, I like unorthodox sounds, I like, you know, kind of thinking outside the box or kind of, you know, not staying in a particular lane, you know, kind of jumping from area to area and um, I appreciate Griff. I appreciate Scorsese, you know, for kind of embracing that sound with me. And yeah, man, Scorsese, he's, he's definitely in this. Yeah, without a doubt, man. I mean, there's, I, it's countless how many people I've met just through him. It's, it was really cool when I'm listening to your album. It's just like, yeah, there's, there's three tracks in here with him on here. And it's like, I'm hearing so much new music and different versions of songs before that, you know, his spirit is, is, is going strong, man. I, I, I keep hearing so much music from him. It's great. And then, like I said, to hear your album, hear him on three songs, it was just, um, it was just pretty cool, man. Because it's just like every, every time uh, I do this show, I'm reminded of him because so many guests that I've had on here were through him or connected to him in some way. Like, oh, man, I know Scorsese. I was on one of his tracks, you know, and something like that. It's just, man, I, I just can't say it enough, man. I, I respect the grind he had and just a really good dude. I, I kind of wish I got a chance to meet him. But it's it's really awesome as a fan of his work that more stuff keeps coming and coming. And, man, just salute, man, and rest in peace to Scorsese, man. Yeah, yes, man. Yeah, I mean, and I hope there is more um, too that that you know people you know have of his that like he he was such a unique like his style was so unique too, man. Like he was the type of dude for me. Like you had to listen to him multiple multiple times. Like when he would throw me the track, like I would I would just sit in the car and just play it back to back to back because you're not gonna get every single reference that he that that. That he said, and sometimes you have to like really sit down, like, yo, what's he saying? Yeah, and then when you actually figure out what he was saying, you're like, yo, that shit is crazy. Like, he stumped me yeah, once. Man. He called me out for it because I didn't know about yeah, the comic dude. book thing about putting, uh, what was that? Putting the woman in the refrigerator. I already, I forgot what it's called. And he he called me. He's like, you didn't catch that part. I'm like, no. Uh oh. <laughs> and I had to Google it. So, like, <laughs> so no, I think the one thing I caught, which I loved, is on shelves was. Uh, Cause I'm a sports, I'm a sports nut too, and uh, and he the, the joint. I keep my pockets fat like John Kitna. I saw and that. Yeah. People, and John, <laughs> yeah, like I mean, you remember John Kitna? Quarterback, said, right? Yeah. Quarterback, yeah. yeah, he's a quarterback. But after he retired, man, that dude ballooned up to like three hundred. I mean, all due respect <laughs> to John Kitna, but that dude was like four hundred pounds. I don't know if he lost the weight or not. Oh, but man. yeah, man, that, yeah, that dude. And when he said that, like, I was like, yo, not everyone's going to get that reference. But the people that, that's the jerk, like, does, like, when you know, you know, like, when you get that reference, like, yo, you're just like, yeah, that's a crazy ass reference. Bro. So, Shout out John Kitna. I got to look up how, yeah, so, how he's looking these days. Is he looking like Jabba the Hutt or is he looking like John Kitna that used to play in the NFL? Yeah, yeah. We play for the Lions and the Bengals, but uh, I would say he's. I would say he still may be closer to Jabba the Hutt, but I mean, I don't know, man. He he embraced it. He he really embraced that fatness too. So I, I mean, look, I, I I hope I hope he, uh, uh, you know, I, I where you know what whether he's four hundred pounds or he's you know whatever weight he's at, as long as he's he's good, he's happy. He's, hey, he's there high. you go, man. I'm sure he could still hit an open receiver at four hundred pounds better than I can. So you know, salute John uh, yeah. Kidna. 
Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure he can't. I, I'm sure he came better than some of the other players in the NFL right now. Right, so, man. Uh, <laughs> I like that. Yeah. Embrace the fatness. Yeah. You know, no, nobody yeah. since the Fat Boys has done that. So go ahead, John Kitten, to do yeah. your thing. <laughs> who's the other? Who who's the other quarterback? See, this is. I mean, I'm going. I'm a sports nerd too. So there's a quarterback named. Uh, he used to play for Kentucky, uh, University of Kentucky, and he played for the Giants for a little bit. His name was um, uh, Jared Lorenzen. This is such a random. Yeah, random I, I, I can't say I know the like, name, but yeah. If you look him up, he this dude, he actually might be playing in like the CFL or something like that. But he was like, um, while he was playing, he had he was like three hundred pounds as a quarterback. He was like Jesus. bigger than some of the offensive linemen, and he just like he embraced it. But he was kind of like in college, he was nimble. Like for he was probably like two fifty, maybe two sixty in college. But then he just, I mean, he. He just ballooned, and he kept playing quarterback, <laughs> you know, and he played for the Giants for a few years. So I got to be honest, you, man, uh, being a Bears fan, I have enough bad quarterbacks of our own to pay attention to that I don't really notice too many bad ones on other teams. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I, look, I, uh, I'm i a Washington fan, so... Uh, oh, geez, well, you guys have had some bad yeah, ones, too. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> we're in the same boat of misery. Man, I thought RG3 was going to be there for a decade, being like the quarterback of the, you know, the franchise. And and ever since he got hurt, it's been like a revolving door uh, with quarterbacks there. But they they need to get a name, too, man. What's going on with that? (laughs) They don't don't have a name. Well, with the the name? Yeah, for the team. I don't don't know. I think they got a lot more things to do to worry about than the team man. I mean, with this whole uh, so the the whole thing with John Gruden with his emails, the reason why he got caught with these, these dumbass emails is because oh Washington, he, they're, right. they're investigating it. Yeah, Washington. So all these emails that he was sending was were to I think it was to Bruce Allen or Daniel Snyder in Washington. They were scrubbing all the emails. Yeah, so it was like six hundred thousand emails that they're looking through, and it turns out they came across John Gruden's. And he didn't have just one. He had a bunch of them. And yeah. And yeah. The, the, the Washington, the, here's the thing about at least the Bears have an organization. Like they have, like they don't have the toxic, toxic environment in the historically toxic environment that Washington's had. Dude, you're not I kidding. Mean, I love, and, and it's, it's been like that for, I mean, since Snyder's been. I was going to uh, say, when did Snyder become the owner? Because it seems like that's when it started. Uh, yeah, like 2000, 2001 or so, or maybe a little bit later than that. Um, I mean, ever since the Mark Rippon days or whatever, I'm trying to think, you know, like when they were winning yeah, the so Super remember, Bowls and stuff. Well, yeah, well, yeah, so this is um, this is after that. So, like, this, I think this was, like, right around Joe Gibbs' second stint as the um, – Oh, right, when they brought the him back. Yeah. yeah, so when they brought him back. So I think he was – because they're – I mean, they were signing on, like, Deion Sanders and Bruce Smith and, you know, all these – but they turn into um, like the New York version of an NFL team, like the Knicks were doing back in the early 2000s, where they were signing old superstar veterans. And man, I, I, I so I'm a Knicks fan, I'm a Mets fan. So I'm originally from New York. Um, I was gonna say, like, so you got New York background for sports, but uh, for whatever reason, Washington was your football team, huh? Well, the, so the reason why I was a um, Washington fan, this is this is stupid, but. This is the reason why. So I grew up in this town uh, just north of, um, it's in uh, uh, 
Westchester County is called Ossining. So the Ossining High School team, I didn't go to Ossining High School, but when I was a kid, I used to go watch their games and uh, and they were the Indians. So they had the, and I had family and friends that, that, that used to play on the high school team. So I had to go watch them and the team mascot was an Indian and they had like kind of like the, it was a little like the Redskin logo on their, on their helmet. Oh, I got you. That makes sense. Yeah. So then I would watch football on TV and that was like six, seven years old. And I watched football on TV and I see the same logo and I would start rooting for them. And then you see Doug Williams and I was a big fan of him too. And then ironically enough, right. it's the same thing with my college, my favorite college football team is the Florida State Seminoles. And it's the same, like, so, like, I got you. I ended up colors are the same yeah. too, right? That dark red and yep, yeah, exactly, exactly. So, um, it's kind of stupid where, like, it went from Austin in high <laughs> school to Florida State to right. Washington. So, I think the only team I don't root for now is Austin in high school. I don't know what they're doing now, but uh, <laughs> I hope they're doing better than Washington and Florida State right now. There so. you go, man. <laughs> yeah, I'm strictly Cubs, Bears, Bulls, uh, and I don't watch hockey, but uh. Yeah, I've I, I've always wondered that, like when people are into teams that are not from their city. I always am curious, like how that happens, because it seems so obvious. Okay, you know, you're from this city, and you like the teams that are from that city. And I know a lot of people who are from this city where I live and have no interest in any of these teams that play here. And it's like, how do how are you how are you from Chicago and you like the Expos and now you like the Nationals? Like that doesn't make any damn sense to me. But whatever, you maybe you grew up like in you know Gary Carter or Vladimir Guerrero or something. I have no idea, but salute. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, I mean, yeah, it's respect, right? But like, like I think nowadays, like with the, like how easy it is to 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 watch another team from a sport, like when. I guess we, I mean, when we were growing up, like you basically had your market, you know, if you were right. in Chicago. But to be fair, as a kid, I love watching Cubs games. So we had WGN. In yeah, yeah, they were a super station back in the day. So yeah, yeah. yep, exactly, yep. So I used to watch all the Cubs games. Um, so the three teams, well, being in New York, you have four teams. You had access to the the, the Mets, the Yankees, uh, the Cubs, and then uh, TBS Turner Sports. Had oh, Atlanta the Braves. Braves, right? Yeah, yeah. So, but the Braves sucked back then. So, right. um, this is before. This is like the the eighties and um, right before early nineties and Maddox and Smoltz and all Maddox those guys. And all them. Yeah. yeah, but the Cubs were fun to watch. Andrew Dawson and Ryan Sandberg and all those guys. And, yeah, and, man. Um, and obviously, then we had the the Mets and the Yankees going on too. So. Um, but yeah, like, I guess like, you know, you see kids nowadays, like you can be in Idaho and be a fan and you can watch, you know, the Braves, you can watch, you know, the Milwaukee Brewers or, you know, you can be a Dodgers fan or whatnot, you know, um, you know, the access to, to these teams is so much easier now. So I can see how, um, yeah, now it makes more sense, right? As opposed to like when yeah. you're growing up in the 80s or early 90s when you really only had access to, you know, so much television and there was no internet and you couldn't really keep up with teams other than looking in a newspaper. So, yeah, it's different yeah. now. I mean, you, you could watch a team right now on YouTube or Twitter or something. You know, they're doing all kinds of crazy stuff. So, yeah, that makes sense, man. I, I see what you're, I see where you're going yeah. with that. I mean, I even watch, like, sometimes if I, can, if I don't catch a game, you can even go on YouTube and watch, like, 10-minute highlight video of a game. That's the best. Yeah, Watching basically. a condensed game, I love that, dude. Yes, yeah. yeah. It is. <laughs> I mean, we're, we're falling, we're falling victim to to the same thing these kids are doing, like the just the microwave, you know, the the the, the condensed version of everything. 
you know, so. Oh, yeah, like I missed the Bears um, game a few weeks ago, and it was the one where they played, uh, they got beat by, uh, Cleveland beat them bad. It's Cleveland, yeah. And yeah, I was like, yeah. do I, I, I recorded it, and I'm, I just deleted it. I'm like, I'm not going to watch this. I'll just watch, like, the five-minute, you know, highlight package, which there wasn't many as far as the team I was rooting for, but it was, I, yeah. I fell victim to it, man. Cause I don't want to sit and watch three hours of that. So I'd rather yeah. watch that. And I got the same feel for it with less emotions. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You just, you, yeah. You only have only five minutes of, of time to get pissed off. You, yeah. You're pissed off for five minutes rather than three hours. Oh I yeah. Then you move on. Right. Yeah, yeah. You move on to the next thing. You know, you know, yeah, you move on to the next video. <laughs> right. Or, you're still, still going to go down the wormhole and watch another highlights and all that stuff. Yeah. Right, yeah. right. You go back to the good old days. Like, ah, oh, remember when they were good? I'm going to watch some of those videos, you know. <laughs> like, you might go back. Let me go, let me go watch some Terry. What's his name? Uh, Art Monk. Some Art Monk uh, oh, video yeah, clips. Monk or, and, uh, <laughs> yeah. And Gary Clark and Ricky Sane, the Posse. Yeah, the Posse. Yeah, yeah man. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, they and uh, who was the safety or the cornerback that played forever on that team? Oh, Daryl Green. Yeah. Oh Darryl, man. Yeah. Yeah. He was like forty-five years old. He's still running the four-two. Dude. Him and Ed Reed were like the greatest, you know, secondary quarterbacks of all time, man. Yeah. Just the sort of longevity of it. Yeah. The difference is Ed Reed. Like, so Ed Reed cracks me up, man. He went from like playing. He one of the greatest safeties of all time. You know, he can just basically cover the whole field. But as soon as he retired, he went from like 30 years old to like 55. That happened. Like he looks There's like, that beard, he right? Like Does he still old... have that beard? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was like, wait, wait a minute, you ain't that old. But like, yeah, I guess I mean, he grew the beard out and it's all the grain and everything. Like he just, you know, um, yeah, he all of a sudden just went from like 38 years old. Looking, I'm talking about looking 38 years old to looking like, you know, he's like, 55, 60, 60 years old. And you know, he's going to look that way for the next like 40 years, kind of like Morgan Freeman. Like Morgan Freeman. <laughs> yeah, man. <laughs> you know, Morgan Freeman has an age, like, age in like 40 years. You look at like movies from Morgan Freeman back in the 80s, looks exactly the same now. So, you know, I, I joke about this all the time. Tommy Lee Jones and Morgan Freeman were always 40. At least, like when they were like twenty two or twenty eight or whatever, when they first started out, they looked like they were forty, and then it caught up with them, and then now, yeah, they look super old. But yeah, they look super. Old. Yeah, Tommy Lee Jones looked the same exact. Like I can't fathom him looking. Totally, are there any photos of him like twenty five? Uh, I'm sure there or are, he, and he looks like the same dude. <laughs> Probably, yeah. <laughs> the roadmap face yeah, and everything. I'm sure there's nothing's changed. He's like, yeah, there's there's like a I mean, scowling going all day. Like, <laughs> yeah, like it, it, he looked the same. I mean, he looked older. It wasn't no country for old men, but like you go back all the way from the fugitive, he looked the same. Yeah, you know, he was he's much older now. But he's like, like thirty two yeah. in the fugitive. No, I don't know how old he. I'm sure he's older <laughs> yeah. than that, but he's probably like at his peak. You know, like is he you know won an I mean, Oscar so, and he probably. Yeah, he probably was 32. Yeah, like, but he looked like he was why, like yeah. 49 or 60 or something. I don't know what he looked old as hell. <laughs> there's like, yeah, it's like there's, uh, that shit got flipped where, you know, when actors get older, they tend to try and look younger so they can keep playing these younger roles. But he he kind of flipped it. He embraced it. He was yeah. 28 years old playing roles of like 55 years old. And, right. You know, and it works better for the yeah. male actors. The female actresses, unfortunately, Hollywood kind of pushes them aside. Unless you're like Meryl Streep or something, they just 
once you hit yeah. like 32 they're like next like they don't even they don't even mess around where like the the old like the, the actors get to age gracefully you know a guy like robert redford could probably act till whenever he wanted to or gene hackman or some of these yeah. old cats you know yeah like morgan yeah, freeman you know, exactly. the music industry is the same way dude you're not kidding man <laughs> you're right about that Damn. you know man that that's crazy to say that because that's pretty true uh you know, a lot of, you know, I'm, I'm excited about the verses with Kara's one versus Big Daddy Kane. And those are some of the older statesmen in, in the game of hip hop. But, you know, they can still do it. But, you know, as far as like selling records, you know, you know there's no audience, apparently. But the old the older cats, the other legends, MCs in the game, they can still do it. But you're right. Unless they're doing like these shows where it's, you know, like a bunch of older groups together. You don't see too many of them still putting out music. Well, they do, but they don't really have that that same like i don't know how to put it like it's just not the same thing like the younger audience doesn't care about the older older artists yeah yeah it's more nostalgic for them and for us it's just more like i guess nostalgic too but man i know i know chuck d can kill any of these cats if he wanted to but (laughs) it's just like whatever yeah i mean krs like i remember an interview krs said he used to Every single year, he takes the top 10 MCs. And this is not like that long ago. This is like 10 years ago. He would take the top 10 MCs in the game right now, and he would just write a, like a battle rap. Oh, ruin their career, MC. right? Yeah. Yeah, just to shut, keep his pen sharp, right? And he would just do that. And like, yeah, to your point, like Chuck D, KRS, Big Dad, like these dudes can still spit. But, you know, at the end of the day, like the, the younger generation ain't, you know, they ain't checking for these guys, but... No, I mean, um, I know if Rakim tomorrow wanted to actually make an album, he could. I just think he's just kind of shoulder shrugging. He's like, I'm Rakim. I, I don't have to. Yeah, well, I don't <laughs> need to, right? So, I mean, but, but I think I think it's the, the generation after those guys. Like right. Guys that, were, that, influenced, that were influenced by Rakim's, the Nas, the Nas's, the Jays. Um, yeah, salute to Nas is still like doing what he's guys. doing, yeah. Yeah, Nas's last album was, was real dope. I was, yeah... Um, I'm a big Nas fan. Obviously, I grew up on it, on it, and um, his his last album I thought was real dope. And um, yeah, I mean, like I think you're getting that that generation. Are, they're still they're still making music. They're still like, I mean, look, Kanye's forty. I don't even know how old is he. Is he forty in his forties now? And I'm not trying to say he's old. Oh, that freestyle like, he did. Like, uh, yeah, yeah, like he like and, and people still checking for his music and. Um, and then I think that's great. I think that's real cool, you know, where just like appreciate the music. I I think now you'll start seeing, you know, like a 55 year old rapper. He may just want to like, you know, like Nas, he may be 55 years old. And he just want to put an album out and it's still going to be dope. And I think people will still be checking for it. Yeah. At the end of the day, he's going to have, he's got something to say. And for me, if Nas got something to say, I'm going to listen, you know, oh, without and a I doubt. hope that, and I would expect, you know, the younger generation to listen to. So. Guys like Common, like you said, and even like Jadakiss in that versus, you know, in case you guys forgot, I can still do this and, you know, run circles around most of these cats that are out now. So, yeah. yeah Jadakiss, the dopest thing about it is that um, I heard they were going, all going on tour now. Or they will be going on tour. That's so the great thing sale. about that, man. I mean, it, you know, yeah. regardless of whether or not you really got into the whole them versus us thing, you know, who you're rooting for, really what it's about is just like <laughs> these guys are all, you know, they've got something to bring to the table and, you know, they can go out and do a do a show and make some money off of this and, and get fans interested in their catalog and go see them. So, man, that's, that's what's great about these yeah. verses. I, it gets people 
re rekindled, you know, with some of these great artists that are still able to do it if someone just, you know, cared enough to give them a platform to do it. Yeah, yeah. And that's the, and the cool thing and, and just everyone embracing it too, you know, like, you know, the Jim Jones and Cam and the whole Dipset crew just embracing like after, you know, all the respect like like Jada's, you know, pretty much stole the show, like when, when from that from that verses and he went viral from it but them understanding like you know the opportunity from that and just being able to tour together and even their own state property crew in 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 the mix too because i heard like it's it's a rough riders uh dipset state property tour which i think would be yeah doing a show like that that'd be crazy yeah i don't know how things are now with covid but definitely uh i'm down for seeing some good shows when they start coming back that that's something man yeah that's something i definitely took for granted um just not being it not seeing the show like yeah like yeah i think that that'll come back well I was, uh, they had the rolling loud down here um down here in miami and didn't they have something in chicago something similar to that so uh, a big festival well they had the Lollapalooza one uh was that a month and a half ago? And I think they had Riot Fest, where it's just like a bunch of different genres and different acts and such. But uh, other than what I saw people posting online, I didn't really know much about it. And I don't think I'm... I'm not really the kind of cat that likes to stand in mud and watch concerts anyway. And these are outdoor events, and I'm, I can't do it. Like, it's not in me. Uh, I don't want to mess up my Adidas. So I don't want to stand out there in the yeah, rain and the dirt. I mean, salute to people who have that, that can do that. But, you know, in 90-degree weather... It'd just be hot and yeah, yeah, I'm I'm good, but yeah, we have a lot of those no, kind no, of shows here. Yeah, but I, I'm trying to remember who was at. I I don't know. If, you know, they've had like Wu Tang at some of these and stuff like that. Now I'd be it'd be great to see them, but I'm more like the the smaller venues where it's a little more intimate and you know, like you know, the 1,000 people that are in there, like that's the real fan base right there. <laughs> like they're they're here for a reason. Yeah, some of the best shows I've been to were like that. Um, where yeah, like you said, like uh, um, if you happen to go to New York, like BB Kings used to have like intimate shows like that. that really cool. right. One of the best shows I've ever been to was um, was Foreign Exchange, which I'm a huge fan nice. of. Nice. Just basically, yeah, basically that whole that whole sound, that whole group from uh, Little Brother, Ninth Wonder, um, uh, Fonte, the Foreign Exchange, like that whole Justice League crew, like. Um, they were pretty much like I remember Little Brothers was pretty much what influenced me to start making beats. Ninth Wonder, just hearing how like he just kind of flipped samples, and I thought that was incredible. Yeah. Um, and then uh, just gravitating to other to other um, producers and and just really understanding that right, this is how producers do stuff. But yeah, to your point, uh, Foreign Exchange was uh, one of my uh, favorite shows and. Um, yeah, you're right. Like just those kind of like small venues, intimate, intimate venues. Oh yeah, so, man. Uh, I remember I saw Little Brother songs. with the uh, Dilated Peoples. I want to say it was like 2006 or something. And I think the Far Eye was there. That yeah, was a really good show. And yeah, Ninth Wonder. I mean, he definitely to me was like uh, like the 2000s and and up. Like Pete Rock. Like he kind of took what he was doing and yes. to the next level. And like you said. I could see him being a great influence on a on a producer coming up. Anybody else that influenced you uh, in the producer game? Yeah, so um, like early hip hop, like it was um, Dre and Premier. 
when I first really started into hip hop, but when I really started paying attention, producers was um, was Ninth Wonder, and then um, yeah, the usual suspects like the Tim, the Timberlands, the Jay Dillers, um, and, and but the thing is, Jay Diller wasn't a usual suspect until you realize wh- what tracks he produced and yeah. how far back he was. He, like he was, he was doing joints back in like the, the mid nineties, like like with Common and and he would do joints with Busta Rhymes and and like yeah, and Tribe Called Quest and whatnot. Right. And it's just like yo. He's he's incredible. Um, I feel like he got his then, due later, you know, almost after he passed, than when he was here. Like, yeah, I don't think people really people knew about him. Yeah. But I don't think to the degree that we talk about him now. Yeah, when he was yes. here, it seems like it was after he, the fact. People, like you said, they went back and like, wow, he did all that. Like his flowers should have been given a long time ago, and it seems like it was yeah, more a long time. Yeah, yeah. And I remember when I was, I remember I played. Um, um, this is the, like when I was in college, we went to a party, a house party, and you know, I'm gonna show my age. Like, I brought a CD, I brought the Welcome to Detroit CD, <laughs> and uh, I threw that in there. And you know, people were like, Yo, who is this? And I was like, Yo, man, this is Cat J. Dilla. Like, yo, man, you guys gotta check the dude out. Like, yeah, so like, he he should have got us flowers a lot earlier because he. He's he made he was uh, uh, so instrumental, no pun intended, in, in so many tracks that we still listen to today. That that like artists like Buster Rhymes and like these guys are are known for. Right, so um, yeah, for sure. Nah, he he was a huge instrumental. So like it's it's interesting mention. So the, the the sound for my project, Be from My Balcony. Um, out now on all streaming platforms, shameless plug. Um, uh, the project, the the, the the project, and the producers that influenced me were like the, uh, like the Catronadas, the the Black Milks, um, Thundercat. It's just kind of like a mix of those guys that that, that influenced me now. Like in in um, I I respect especially like someone like Catronada and um, Flying Lotus is another one that's real dope. Actually, another one, Tall Black Guy. Um, he's he's another dope uh, producer that if you listen to their music from as they're progressing throughout their career, you're seeing kind of like a, a progression and um, a development in their sound. And it's either you know they're they're moving into new areas, but they're also staying true to their core of the music that they originated from, and that's what I want. Like I. Like I said, I, I ninth wonder was the reason why I started making beats, right? But like I still want to kind of progress into different sounds and 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 just kind of just you know sonically. I keep saying the word sonically, but like that's that's how I see it. Just like a different sound using that hip hop influence into something else. So yeah, for um, sure, man. I mean, this this album definitely does it. I mean, View from My Balcony definitely takes all those elements and. uh I can't wait to see the next thing you do, you know, see where you go from here, man. Is there something on the back burner that's coming or you got something else we should be looking forward to in the future? Well, it, so, um, me and Cassius, I, I mentioned Cassius, Cassius King out of, out, out of LA. Um, we got like, so when I was, when we started working on Thor's hammer and no light pollution, we, I just started just feeding in beats. And we got probably like a good catalog of like 
30 tracks that we haven't released yet. Wow. We're kind of trying to map out. And, um, and yeah, I think, I, I think the work that we got is, is incredible. And I can't wait for people to hear that. Um, um, I'm working with some, some, some new local artists down here in Miami, um, which we're about, to, we're going to be releasing some, uh, some music soon. So I'll definitely, you know, let you know about this kid named, uh, Scotty Sterling. Nice. Who, um, is, I don't, I mean, he's from, from a lyrical standpoint, he's probably, yeah, the kid is incredible. Like, yeah, this is incredible. I mean, you know what I'm going to have to do? I'm, I will have to send you something and just ask you not to, uh, <laughs> Not to release it, it's just oh, basically you send you. It and just be like, all right, all right, this is, all right, this kid is 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 is, is something, man. He, he, he's not to be messed with. Yeah, no problem, man. Um, some some for your ears only uh, type thing. Yeah, I got you. Yeah. <laughs> um. So, uh, uh, cool kid, Cannon. Gonna be reaching out to him and working with him, and there's some other artists that I'm working with. So, but as far as my own music, I actually, even though this took me two years to make, I actually had a lot of fun doing it. And I actually would like to try to do it again. It's just basically having, you know, a, a new idea, you know. And I have ideas. Like, like if you see even my previous book, was Saturday Morning Serial was based on cartoons. Uh, the Waste of Files were based on 70s TV shows, music. Um, so, like, that had that, that, that the, those instrumentals had that type of theme to, like, 70s, like, old punk. And, so, yeah, 70s TV shows. And then uh, this is, is more kind of like a spacey vibe with View From My Balcony. Um, if I have, if I get influence or, you know, become with another idea, yeah, I will make sure that it doesn't take two years to, to, <laughs> to make my next joint. But if it does, it does. Uh, you know what I mean? Like, you can't, you can't rush it, right? But if, yeah, you ideally, you, you probably don't want to do that. Yeah, yeah. I would like to have more material, consistent material to go out. Um, but my, I feel like my material that's going to be going out will be other artists. I would prefer, I'm not trying to shine on my, on my, I, I don't think I'm that type of person to try to shine for my own light. I rather, um, I rather have like a, like a Cassius King, like, you know, give him a really dope song or, or like not give him a song. I mean, like we work on a song together and, and he, and he shines from that, you know, um, and this is why, like, I enjoy producing and giving that flexibility where I can work with different artists and, and it's actually evolving too is where I'm not a beat maker anymore. I'm actually writing songs, which is fun in itself. Um, and writing hooks and actually having a, um, an influence in how a song is formulated, which is, is, um, is something new, at least for me. That's like a true producer, man. Not just somebody, like you said, making beats, actually crafting songs and, and every, that's, that's the true element of a producer, man. So salute. And where can people find not just you from my balcony, but all, all the other albums you've mentioned, uh, everything's on all the streaming platforms and such. Yeah. So, uh, Saturday morning, Serial Bowl, um, the Waste and Files, you from my balcony are on all streaming platforms. Um, on Spotify, iTunes Music, Apple Music, uh, yeah, all the major streaming pa- platforms. Uh, you can find me on um, Instagram at mwaysome. Spelled in the, I mean, uh, spelled in M W A I S O M E. And uh, you can find me on Twitter at Michael Waysome. Uh, Twitter is more of if you want to see a stupid retweet or like a dumb thought of mine. That's that's <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, that's very yeah. Like you know, you could definitely interact with me on Twitter, you know, and and we'll shoot the shit. Like you know, I don't, I, I don't, I do one thing about Twitter. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to, I, I stay away from the negativity. Cause Twitter can be good luck. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it could be accessible. Like, it's hard. Yeah, I, I tell you that. That's yeah. why I'm not on as much. But yeah, Instagram. Hit me up on Instagram. Um, and um, also I'm on SoundCloud as. Um, uh m dot waysome and it's spelled out e m d o t waysome w a i s o m e um check out my soundcloud because what i'm actually gonna start doing this again but i actually was doing remixes of taking acapellas of artists and just throwing them up there so um i got an acapella of a j cole joint i got an acapella of a drake joint um uh, i think i got yeah i gotta post some of them i just did a snoop dog joint that came out pretty dope so yeah check out uh check out the soundcloud too those i'm not going to be releasing on any platform obviously for for copyright reasons right yeah those are fun to do too you know and and and, uh, i'll start getting doing more of those yeah, it's always cool to hear somebody flip a song you've heard before and do a different beat with it. And kind of like you like said before, remixes, you know, the, the best remixes are the ones that sound like a different song that you almost forget what the original was like. So that's pretty cool, man. It, definitely, everybody check out SoundCloud, see some of the stuff you put up on there and follow you on all the platforms and message you on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> we gotta watch out for that negativity. Yeah. That's hard, man. That's. Hey, uh... <laughs> I mean, I mean, if you dish out the negativity, man, I'm, I'm, I'm quick on my feet. So there I you can, go, I, man. Yeah, I can, there you I go. can dish it back. So that's what it's all about. Yeah. You're a Washington well, I'm not, fan, I'm not... so you're used to well, it. <laughs> well, yeah. If you dish out negativity on Washington, I'll probably join you because they're, yeah, they're not any good. So. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> no doubt, man. Man, thanks for coming on the podcast. And, uh, man, the view from my balcony. I, I really enjoyed this album a lot. I urge everybody out there to listen and check it out. We'll play a couple tracks from there. But, man, salute once again for coming on. M. Waysome, man. Appreciate you, dude. Nah, sound well, I really appreciate the opportunity. And I got to say, this actually motivates me to start getting back, you know, getting back to work and putting oh. out more material so I can give it, so I can send it to you and, and hopefully get an opportunity to come back here. Oh, yeah. And, oh, and, no uh, doubt, man. I tell Oh, yeah, without a doubt, man. Everybody that's been on here i always tell them you know if you got new stuff you know let me know there's always a platform for you so definitely man i'm i'm always looking forward to it now that i've been introduced to your stuff now i need to hear the next things like i said i'm ready you know view from my balcony was good and i need the next one i'm ready <laughs> no doubt yeah. man and, then, and, you, and you know what salute to you too man because uh, i i i've listened to back catalog and and actually i never i didn't get a chance to tell you is you no know, you kind of open things up for me because like i recently followed um h2 owens oh he's a good dude man yeah i had no idea there was that scene in in miami i've been living in miami for 10 years like i know my man my man mighty healthy salute to him too but then yeah like i like like we i I met him at ilmine uh ilmine's uh past the oxygen him and uh king uh king micah and but when h2o kind of blew my mind i was like yo i had no idea there was just like there's this uh this scene down here so um i follow him now on instagram and and i just want to thank you for for kind of like giving these artists like you know um i was just listening to confucius uh podcast the other day too oh man that's my dude right there man man. yeah yeah like just like it's it's kind of refreshing getting like getting to know these other artists and um and and like just getting introduced to new music and in new uh 
uh, new communities. And yeah, uh, and that's all thanks to you. Like, thank you. Man, I appreciate that. You know, I mean, a lot of times, you know, you know, people come on here and, you know, I'll do an interview with them and I don't know if they ever actually listened to an episode. So the fact that you just named like three or four, man, you know, thank you. I appreciate no, it, man. Yeah, I listened to it. And, and I was like, I mean, I listened to a lot more. Like I I have. Uh, uh, don't I listen, listen to, to the first ones. Those are bad. Like, you know, <laughs> like the first like three or four, like, please don't play those. Those are not good. <laughs> well, now, now I'm going to have to. Oh, shit. So, yeah. <laughs> You have the type of person you don't you tell me not to do something. Right. Like, right, it's like nah, your first beat you made, and you somebody finds it like, oh man, come on. Dude. Oh yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. I, yeah, those are the first beats are definitely in the uh, the archives, right? So, <laughs> but um, no, nah, no. Nah, congratulations on 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 this platform, on this podcast. Man, I appreciate it, man. Yeah, and yeah. and it, I say this all the time on here is that a lot of artists I've had on here I was not familiar with before they came on or maybe just a little bit and uh like you did with Spotify you know you, you get a relationship with these artists and every time they have something coming out you know if they hit me up you know here we go let's let's hear it let's put you on and all it takes is like one or two good tracks and I'm interested so yeah and no, I haven't been let down at all and it's just been great to have my ears opened up because of this podcast so salute to you and I appreciate that you've actually heard some other artists and now that you, you know same way you did with Spotify you found some new artists that you weren't maybe familiar with and yeah, Fuse is a beast. Confucius is a lyrical genius, man. So, yeah, and H2O yeah. wins too, man. He's pr- the promotion game he's doing. Salute. Yeah, H2O, yeah. I'll, I'll be, you know, I'll, I'll reach out to these guys and, um, you know, and definitely H2O ones. Like, I, I'm definitely, because he's, he's, I didn't realize he's in, he's in, uh, he's in Kendall. I'm doing it downtown. Line. You know what? And even Mighty Healthy, I'll reach out to him too. Like, we, we talk every once in a while, but like, we never linked up together or whatnot. And, and, uh, it's just crazy how we're all in the same area and, uh, yeah, just man. not knowing that, like, these communities, like, the H2O one says it, Mighty Healthy says it. And it's true. Like, Miami is known for, like you know a lot of commercial like you know the, the it's not known for that boom bap type of sound no. there is a, there is a community that, that that embraces it and there's that sound here so yeah for um, sure yeah h2o wins mighty healthy shoddy who's also from florida they they kind of took me to school a little bit when they because i told them i was like look i'm i'm from here like so we don't know you know we don't have a lot of uh knowledge of what's going on down there and he, he laid it out for me and i figured it out pretty quickly like yeah just, there's a scene down there and, and it's serious yeah, it is, it's yeah. serious <laughs> yeah yeah and it opened yes yeah, it, i'll be i'll be looking out for it so um and going back to you like yeah i appreciate the the, the, the platform because down like yeah i've listened to future episodes listen to past episodes because um i haven't been disappointed yet for, man uh, i appreciate uh, it man i throw some nerd yeah. stuff in there too you probably figured that out already there i try to try to nerd it up a bit every time i can <laughs> and every episode is a little bit of something uh depending how far i take yeah. it but like this last one i just ripped on blood sport so uh, <laughs> I do my thing, man. Sometimes, for better or worse, yeah. <laughs> experiment kind of yeah, like you yeah, do with beats, yeah. you know. Yeah, exactly, exactly. But you uh, know, just let the conversation flow and go and go where it may. No doubt, man. Man, once again, I, like I said, thanks again for coming on here, man. It's an honor having you on. And view from my balcony is a, definitely an album everybody needs to check out. M. Dot here on the Infinite Banter Podcast. Salute for coming on, and uh, thanks again, dude. Look forward to hearing some new stuff from you as well. Thank you. Appreciate you, man. Really. No doubt. Go Washington. <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> Man. Really good time talking with M. Dot Some, I mean, one thing that really stuck out is like the whole Saturday routine. I mean, I used to do that all the time. Wake up early in the morning on a Saturday, like at six, 
I'm going way back on you guys. Like it depends on what year you were born and you know what age you were when you started watching Saturday cartoons. I remember like it'd be dark as hell outside and I'd be watching like the Muppet show. Like that was the kickoff. And then it would get into the cartoons. And as I got older, I remember I used to watch Camp Candy, which was like a John Candy show. So I didn't I couldn't even remember this stuff when I was talking to him, but it's starting to come back to me as a, as I wrapped up the interview with him. Those are the shows that started and then the shows in between would change every year. I mean, they had like whack-ass shows like The Hammer Show. I think it was called Hammer Man. Kid in Play had a show. Uh, <laughs> I think I used to watch, uh, was it The Gummy Bears? Did they have a show? You know, there's like Dungeons and Dragons. I remember there were a couple Star Wars shows, one called Droids I used to watch. The show was kind of lame, but the theme song is great. I definitely, go look up on YouTube, just look up the Droids theme song. I don't know why, but that song was, was one of my favorites as far as an intro to a show. I used to like Muppet Babies. There's a Muppets theme here. <laughs> but yeah, then you watch uh, Soul Train and Wrestling. I don't remember which one was last, but I'd watch both of those and I'd go outside all day. So that was Saturdays. So big up to M. Dot Waysome for bringing that up and reminding me of the old days. Let's get into a song off of his new album, View From My Balcony. We talk about this one. You know, this one right here is serious. You know, I'll just have some fun talking about Saturdays, but this right here, we got to get serious on this one. This track is called Murderer with Cool Kid Cannon. And, you know, we're, we can't mess around with this one. This is a serious track. And this is the song that really 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 sets the album off and uh the song he sent to me to introduce me to his album so let's get into it talk about police brutality and everything else going on this is murderer off the album from m dot view from my balcony featuring cool kid cannon on the infinite banter podcast according to the criminal complaint chauvin had his knee on mr floyd's neck for eight minutes and 46 seconds in total two minutes and 53 seconds of this was after mr floyd was non-responsive According to the police report, the McMichaels say they chased him, and that's when Travis reportedly got into a struggle with Arbery and shot and killed him. They claimed self-defense, but were charged with Arbery's murder 74 days later. I don't, I don't know what happened if somebody kicked in the door inside my girlfriend. We can't have two justice systems in America, one for black America and one for white America. We have to have equal justice for the United States of America. Murder was the case, murder got a case. Ahmad took a jog, now he on the chase. You can see the hate, look him in the face. Made history, they made sure it got erased. Kinda lock me up, throw me in the shakes. Property estate, so I gotta skate. Even if it's laws that I gotta break. Lord knows I'ma die if that's what it takes. R.I.P. Die for my freedom, freedom of jail. Free from themselves, the people who freeing themselves. Seeing them L's, flip it to a double, you puzzle you. Before the NBA, I was pushing the bubble through. You see the vision, cause my vision on tunnel too. I'm a one on one, and you niggas a one or two. They gon' double team like I'm playing a one on two. Two after the one, like a clock that's one on two. Trace, zero case, be no chase. Then I hit him with the Debo face. Ugh, me no fake, he don't flake. We don't wait, gone. I don't need no break. Ah, 
Never tell them where I relocate. I put a price on your head, nigga. We prorate. I'm talking Malcolm at the window, AK Extendo. How you want it? Credit card, blank check, limo. This a recap if niggas ain't get the memo. I'ma let it smoke outside the road of Indo. Cold-hearted, courageous. My magazine letting off the most pages. Got them two, two, three, two, two, five, two, two, lie. Better duck if you can't hide. Suicide doors on the hearse form. If I could, I would probably make it worse for him. Probably put a couple names on some shirts for him. I ain't stingy, I'ma really get the works for him. Search for him. Then I pop up at your crib or something. Big with something. Find out where you live or something. The sig is something that kill for nothing. I kill the bluff and rock back, jump back. That is Kirk Acevedo telling me it's time to go, and that is exactly what I'm going to do. But before I get out of here, I did want to bring up that versus. I mean, come on. How could I do this show without even talking about what happened? Sunday night, Karis won, Big Daddy Kane, Mono Imano, one-on-one. You know, it's hard to call these things a battle because we all know what it is. It's just two artists or, or two groups. It's been music groups at times, too. They just go song for song, song for song. And you, as a fan, I guess you sort of debate who won each round and who won the battle. But it's not really a battle. You know, you guys know what it is. It's just... It's just two artists that are really good at the same equal level, possibly doing a concert in tandem with each other. And it's all started because we're in quarantine and we can't go to concerts. So salute to the creators of Versus and everybody who's been doing this type of stuff. Really appreciate it. Giving us a chance. I feel like we're getting out of the house when we can't get out the house. Kane is one of my all-time favorites. So is KRS-One. This is a no-brainer. I mean, both of these dudes. I did a top 10 list like over a year ago. Kane and KRS are in my top five. I'm trying to remember where I had. I had. I think I had KRS-One three and Kane four. But I've always had KRS-One high. I mean, I, mean, I had him at two at one time. I think I had Nas Leapfrog Karis one, but they both are really good. I mean, Kane sounded as good as he always does. He can go smooth. He can go fast. You know, he looked cool with that outfit on. And, and you know, Karis one is just a beast when he comes on the mic. He's just the energy and gets the crowd going. You know, Karis one definitely has the, the better catalog. He has like more songs. But Kane definitely has the more versatile style. So they're kind of like contrasting versions of uh, MCs. But uh, it was a really fun time. Great seeing Nice and Smooth and DOS Effects come out and Buckshot. DJ Scratch did his thing with Kid Capri as well. And I mean, it's hard to it's hard to like nitpick anything. I mean, yeah, Roxanne Shantae came out. They had break dancers out there. Crazy Legs was doing his thing. Crazy Old Legs. <laughs> he didn't do too much. I'm, I'm guessing these days he can't break like he used to. But it was fun. It was, it was a fun time. It was like over two hours of just 
just hip hop history and just feeling great about it, man. It was just something that we all need. And salute to both of these guys for just putting on a, a great show. And of all the ones I've watched, this is probably the best one. Not a lot of nonsense in between with some of the other ones. Like there's just stuff going on and it's like, are they going to get back to music? You know, but this one, it was just, it felt like a real concert and there were live people there. So just salute to both of these guys. I'm not going to sit here and pretend like I think somebody won that. I think we won as fans and it was really great. I, I can't complain, man. It was just, it was just awesome. I, I would love to have been there in person to see that. And maybe the next one, maybe we get like a rock him versus Nas or something or I'm not trying I'm trying I'm trying to think who else we could do it could we really get LL versus Kumo D will that ever happen could we finally get that one is Mo D still uh <laughs> is he interested in doing this anymore I don't know if he'd even want to I'm, I'm sure L L will do it in a heartbeat but man that was a lot of fun so everybody who hasn't seen it I saw on YouTube you could still watch it on there I'm sure there's other places you could find it it's it's just amazing just set aside about two and a half hours and get ready for a ride back to the to the mid 80s and and 90s and so on so salute to Karis one salute to Big Daddy Kane two of the all time icons who definitely cemented their spot in the legacy halls of fame when it comes to emceeing in hip-hop man these guys are just all-time legends all right that is it for the show big up to my guest m dot check out his new album view from my balcony find it on all streaming platforms it's also on itunes so make sure you go on there cop the album check out all the tracks he's got a lot of other albums as well Check out his album, Saturday Morning Cereal Bowl. He flips different cartoon themes with instrumentals. It's really cool what he does, so definitely check him out. We'll get into one more song before we go. He has a couple tracks of Scorsese, and we talked about it in the interview. Scorsese meant so much to me and a lot of the guests I've had on here that, you know, we're always emotional when we talk about him since he passed, especially. So we're going to play a track called The Brain. It's a remix from Jason Griff, and it samples Bobby the Brain Heenan. So we're staying in this Saturday theme with wrestling. There's a Transformers reference in here. So it's just a really cool song, being a wrestling nerd, and, you know, salute to Scorsese, rest in peace. And Griff and M. Waysom did their thing with this track. So I'll leave you with that. That one. Follow the show on all social platforms, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Infinite Banter Podcast. Go on YouTube, type in Infinite Banter, find clips from past guests, rate and review the show on Podchaser and Apple Podcasts, and listen to it on all streaming platforms. And one last thing, shout out to the Infectious Groove Podcast. Uh, they just did their 100th episode, and I'm getting close. I'm like five or six away. Uh, I did a quick little three-minute snippet that they included on their uh, show. So if you want to hear it, go check out their show. I've been tweeting about it. I posted about it on Instagram. It's in the part two episode of their 100th episode. They have two parts. And, uh, I played a clip of me talking about which song influenced me the most. That was Lottie Dottie. And I included a clip from Chill Will, who is a past guest on here. So definitely go check that show out. They did a great job setting it up. And I was honored to be part of it. So definitely check out the Infectious Group podcast. All right, that is it. I'm out of here. This is M. Waysom from his new album, View From My Balcony. This is The Brain, the Griff remix featuring Scorsese. And until I do another one of these, I'm out. Hey, asshole, get off the road. You listen to me. You go to the top. You don't listen to me. You're never heard from again. So much money. These are Bobby Heenan dreams. Extra gorgeous in these Diodorus. Yes. Me a more bring key. Guess the name is Sora. Ain't no kingdom for hearts. I'm a piece of art. Bossy shells. This Vegeta verse Kakara. First knuckle. First shuffle on the ballroom floor. Okay. Ball face lies, yo, what's your suit to show? 
spoon slipped in my suit that ain't smile crease my face staring at car keys <laughs> which coop the race staying firm in a ruler's place bring on my getting when I triple safe see what's on my waist DA piss he gotta take the case crime scene cleaner than a dog's mouth alibi either my spouse or whoever swearing they love me bad yellow thing in a chest busty you niggas musty baby oil with the Saint Laurent skin softer than a baby's cough really paid the cost kept receipts ever take a loss your boss pussy your bitch up bet your menopause when I send you law you're similar belly up the paw like bumblebee punk and Megatron it'll never happen quit rapping choose a better passion matter of fact you sweet nigga just stick to fashion I'm in the villa relaxing yes jackpot minus the show Jackson Than your best. These rappers been losing my interest. I'm not impressed. You study long, you study wrong, and this is not a test. I suggest they find another hobby, cause the fans upset. Theodora's green boxes all in my closet. The dope lock from ice cubes under the waterfalls. You can blame the game, but can't charge it. I hit the mall, see the wall, buy it all, and forgot I bought it. The game sold, not told. How the legends taught it Do more observation, less talking It's Mr. 31 I wired up and stopped moving dumb We was young, trying to rob niggas with my granny gun I see it as a life of crime, we caught it having fun I put my life in punchlines and rhymes I was bound to shine, I stayed down But it took some time, rock and be lone I've been laughing at the West Side gun clones. If it ain't about a dollar, beat my dial tone. Drug court thick, I'm still trapping how I change phones. Uh, in the streets, every dollar count. Even Big Worm tried to kill Smokey over an ounce. I will not sleep, I will not eat, I will not rest until I am the manager of the heavyweight champion of the world and you're on a professional wrestling. Now, I don't care if you're sweeping streets, if you're cleaning subways, or if you're in a field someplace or institutionalized for the rest of your life for the terminally bewildered because your mind is gone. I don't care about you. I can't stand you. Matter of fact, I hate you. Being hate you. on the infinite banner with my man Mark has been a pleasure.